Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. So before I introduce my guest, I just want to let you guys know some of what I'm listening to uh, watching these days. I saw a very powerful, very chilling, very well-made documentary on Netflix called American Murder. It's about the familiar side, the um, story of Chris Watts, who killed his wife, uh, pregnant wife and two little girls. And what makes it, I knew the story already, um, what made it extremely powerful was that it used all found footage from the internet, you know, from Facebook videos to police cam, all self-shot, so, and text messages. It's, it's really well done. It's a really horrible, upsetting story. But I do like to see a new take on, on how you can make a doc in a very unique way. So I, I highly recommend it. Um, on a script, well, I also watched Wilderness of Errors. So that's the Hulu series that's sort of like a companion series to the podcast I told you guys about called Indefense or Morally Indefensible. So this is the story, again, another familiar side, lovely. You can see I'm really practicing self-care um, about a case from a long time ago, I think 1970, uh, the Green Beret, Jeffrey McDonald, who killed his pregnant wife and two young daughters. Um, I know, horrible subject matter, but uh, I really recommend the podcast. I liked the series. I didn't like it as much as the podcast, but um, I think what I didn't like about the series was the Errol Morris of it all, to be honest. I just thought it was kind of misguided and unnecessary, but I'm endlessly fascinated by that story. And if you want something totally mindless, that's really quite silly and really not good, but honestly, it was sort of like just what the doctor ordered. I recommend Emily in Paris. Darren Star Show. It's such a Darren Star Show. It literally checks every box in all the annoying ways as well. Um, but it's fun and light, and it made me yearn for the days of being young and fancy free and being in Europe and just being able to do things like travel, honestly. So it was kind of a nice escape. And um, I, I don't say I recommend it, but if you want something sort of mindless and silly and just kind of an escape from everything else, I do recommend it. Okay, so today on the podcast is my friend. You've heard him here before, Brian Moylan. He's the best. He's a writer for Vulture, which is New York Magazine, and he recaps The Housewives. He's one of the most brilliant writers out there. I mean, I don't know anybody doing better recaps. He's so good, so funny. And he wrote an article recently that I thought was very resonant, um, and I wanted to talk to him about it. So you guys will hear our conversation. It's sort of like, what a, what a housewives, what does the whole franchise look like in this new environment between the pandemic and Black Lives Matters? So we have a really interesting, lively conversation about that. And Brian is writing a book on The Real Housewives as well. So I can't wait to read that when it comes out. So enjoy my chat with the wonderful Brian Moylan. Hello, Brian. Greetings. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I feel like whenever I have you, I need to like get my Madonna British accent on. I'm like, greetings. <laughs> Hello, darling. <laughs> no, I hear enough of that. I just want to talk American. Yeah, let's talk American. <laughs> Let pants be pants and, you know. <laughs> Not knickers. Exactly. Nick and just knickers and naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm happy to see you as always. I was astounded once again by your incredible writing. You never oh, thank first of all, this you. one was like not as funny. It was still hilarious, but it wasn't that wasn't the intent. Your recaps, as I said in my intro, right. are just like my favorite thing always all the time. This one was actually like a little bit more 
even academic, although with the Brian Moylan flair. And I was just kind of stopped me in my tracks because I realized we spend so much of our life watching this silly franchise. And, you know, it's sort of like, hmm, where are we now with everything? So yeah. your article is called The Real Housewives versus Reality. Everyone can read the full article on Vulture from October 7th, 2020. I wanted to start, actually, I thought that, actually, I thought that the most resonant paragraph was the last one that sort of just summed it up so perfectly. So I just wanted you to read the last paragraph and we can just kick it off there. Sure. Um, so it says, if not for a divisive political landscape, national protests and a pandemic, our favorite awful women may have been free to continue behaving badly forever. But in a time when more and more fans are holding public figures accountable for the things they say and do, both on camera and in their personal lives, can a class of reality stars weaned on an outrageousness find a way to respond? And do we even want them to? The only way to find out is to do what Bravo has been telling us to do for years. Watch what happens. Damn. Drop the mic. <laughs> I love Thanks. it. Yeah. Well, first of all, let's, yeah, let's back up. So what made you think about writing this in the first place? I know you're still writing your book, right? Yes. I mean, it's almost done. Thank God. Um, but I was just thinking about like kind of the housewives and and just viewing it has been so different under these circumstances, both in terms of being stuck in lockdown and watching them continue on unaware. Mm -hmm. And then also, but then, you know, I saw the promo for uh, OC and it's, you know, the women reacting to lockdown or whatever. And I was like, I don't know that I'm ready for this. Like, (laughs) I don't know that I'm ready to see this. And also just like, thinking about Ramona and the way the things she was saying, like how she and their last, like she always treats the staff awful. Right. It's like part of her shtick. But then the last time she, they go to Mexico and she's like, Oh, there are so many servants. And I was that just was like, insane. Insane. Yeah. And it's just like everything about it started hitting me a little bit different. And I think it's because of, you know, the political situation, the lockdown, Black Lives Matter, like all that stuff. And, you know, and, and just thinking, you know, it, there, there was that moment when, and not the last season of Beverly Hills, the season before, where they start talking about Brett Kavanaugh at dinner. And, oh, yeah, you know, and, Camille. And, she knows what it's yeah, like. Oh, she knows what it's like. And I was like, no, I don't want this in my housewives. Like, this is where I, like, I don't want them to talk about this. This is where I come to escape. I just want to deal with them. But now it's like, we're at a point where the world is such that you can't help from these things, like infiltrating the housewives. And how does something not designed to handle that end up handling that? I think it's a good point. I mean, look, part of my struggle with it, because I'm right there with you, but my struggle is like, we're still in it. And so it's like literally the epitome of too soon, you know, in the sense that yeah. like, yes. I feel like if I had a year, you know, like if, if OC was coming out in a year and we had a vaccine and we were all going about our merry way and we had a new president, I feel like I would be able to receive it. Like, God, that is bringing me back to that time. You know, now it's like, we're literally in it. We're in yeah, it. it. It was like, re it was like watching carol's election party knowing (laughs) oh my god great great throwback absolutely that's still triggering even you just saying it is triggering 
Yeah, it's like, girl, I've seen your future. And <laughs> exactly. it's not good. Yeah, I know how this works. And are yeah, you watching Stacy and Darcy, by the way? Starcy? I am not watching <laughs> Stacy and Darcy. We don't get so here in the UK, we have a channel called TLC and it has it's not TLC. and it airs like 90 Day Fiance and whatever, but it's like 90 Day Fiance from two years ago. And oh my so God. that is so like, bad. I can watch it, but then I can't talk to any of you people about it. Because, <laughs> right. You know, no, you have to get bootlegs. Of, I'll figure out a way to get you Stacey and Darcy. It's so amazing. For some reason, I think it's actually, the reason I bring it up is because I, I'm in the same way you were talking about, we know what's in the future that's like, you know, we hear their dad go like, there's this thing from China and it's called the coronavirus and, you know, it's going to be dangerous. But But what's so great about it is, is that it's just these two are the most, you know, literally delusional two twins on the planet who are exactly the same person somehow. It's very strange. But, but my point of bringing it up is that we don't expect escapist from those shows, 90 day and all of that. We expect the opposite. We expect just hot mess, you know, sort of like the other end of the spectrum. So having them deal with coronavirus just feels perfect. Like, of course they're, you know, <laughs> having to shack up like, you know, in a studio apartment, but well, and I think I that for feel- Bravo, we expect the glam. We let, we go there for that. Yeah. I think that's true. And also I think that in some respects, you know, the, we watch this a bit for the train wreckiness of it, you know, and the women behaving badly. And it's like, when you're, treating each other like shit or you show up to someone's charity event and you make a fool of yourself that's one thing but then when you're you know making a fool of yourself and wearing a drunk wives matter mask like Kenny Dodd did recently you know it's like you know and and so the way I justified these women being awful before knowing that most of them were are lean red let's say politically is that you know it wasn't about their politics it was about how they behaved and you know politics never really came into it but now it's like everything is so political especially in this moment where you know the act of going outside with or without a mask is political um that i don't know that we i can defend the housewives anymore in the way that i could before It makes total sense. Even seeing the trailer, like you said, for OC and knowing what we know about Kelly, you know, just from social media and having that match up um, is it. I don't know. You're she was actually one of my favorite housewives before, even like you said, knowing that she was sort of that awful person. She just made such a great housewife. But I think we've changed, too. Like, that's the point of your article in a way, you know, and that's the thing that's like, oh, no, oh, no. Like, I want to still be able to enjoy this. But now, like, Kelly, like, is really a despicable person that I can't be entertained by. Maybe. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. And I that's how I feel about Ramona. And one of my recaps (laughs) is about that, where it's like it's very much you you, and you see that dynamic between like Ramona and Leah. Uh, Um who's like so young and hip and cool. Yeah, she's really made for the moment, right? Yes, 100%. And then you see Ramona, who's like so (laughs) old school, like Fox News, like all lives matter. (laughs) And it's like, ooh, you know, and it's like her 60 girlfriends and they all look exactly alike. I mean, each facelift worse than the next. I mean, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't have the virus. I didn't have the virus. That was such a great... Oh, my God. That was an iconic moment. It was, but it was like her just being a child about... And, oh, my God. Her being Ramona. 
But that's right. the thing. She hasn't changed. We have. I think that's your point. Yes, absolutely. And I and I think that for something like The Real Housewives, it needs to change as well. And I think that the first stage is diversity. And I mean, we have a new, uh, you know, our first Black housewife in New York City. So that's good. Um, you know, I would like to see some further. I, I talked to an academic um for the, the book I'm working on about like kind of race and housewives and all that stuff. And about how, you know, historically there've been like the black franchises and the white franchises. And she said, you know, it's not enough to just have one black person on there because then it's just a black person amongst a bunch of white people. It's like, you need another black person there so that they can talk about what it's like <laughs> to be in this group of white people together. Otherwise, you know, they're always trying to fit into this group of white people. And so I would like to see, you know, more and more diversity, but I think these are good first steps. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because one of my favorite scenes from this past season of Beverly Hills was Garcelle and her group of black female friends and one of them being Will Smith's ex. And I just remember thinking, like, I want this show. You know, so exactly if there's a way to bring the two together, frankly, I don't even need the other show at this point. I just want that show. But if it's fine, (laughs) if they want to keep the other show, let them integrate it more. Um, And the guy I thought, you know, the reunion got into some good stuff about sort of like her experience and how the other how the other housewives received her. By the way, to your article's question, I have on good authority. She is coming back. So I'm happy. I believe they have officially, um, she said somewhere on the record that she was coming back. So, yes. And and a little off topic, but it does go back to your point about Kelly Dodd. Did you see her wedding pictures from last night with her and Rick Leventhal? She's Mrs. Leventhal now. I just saw um, Cynthia and Peter's. Uh, okay, hold on. We need to, this is a perfect- Not actually, Peter, oh my God. No. I was oh like, wait God. a minute, was his name Peter? Yeah, okay. This, I'm glad you brought that up because this is exactly what you're trying to talk about in this article. Even though this happened, maybe it was filmed for the show. I think it probably was filmed for the show because I know they're in production. But yeah. the fact that Cynthia had an indoor wedding with 250 guests, and by the way, I have a friend who was there, so I saw his Instagram- some masks, some not. Everybody's posing together, mostly masks off inside. I'm like, this is in, this is insane. Like we're literally yeah. living in an alternate reality, not a good one, not an escapist one, a horrible one. It's wildly yeah. irresponsible. And I think the hilarious irony is that Kelly maskless mask hole Dodd got married outdoors with, as far as I could see, the seats were set up six feet apart from each other. I mean, how is Kelly? Right. And by the way, she and her groom were wearing both wearing black which was perfect um i mean i'm into it yeah by the way they look gorgeous i just saw them two weeks funny side story so i was at this restaurant in la called Baltair a few weeks ago outdoor dining and i don't think about kelly she's not on my radar she, i have never interviewed her for the podcast you know and so about 15 minutes into the meal she ends up at the table um you know like a across from me. She's probably 20 feet away from me, maybe less. Oh my God. I'm telling my friend who has no clue about the house. I was like, Oh, this is really funny. One of the orange County housewives are here. And it turned out that I made out, made out with her fiance when I like, you know, 25 years ago. (laughs) And she's like, no way. And I'm telling her this silly story. Two seconds later, he walks in. 
So I'm like, oh my God, this is so funny that like the two of them are sitting there. So we're chatting away, whatever. And she's like, you should go over there. I'm like, I'm not going over there. I have no desire, especially like with no mask. I mean, why would I anyway? And he's not going to remember me. So I get up to go to the bathroom and I check my phone. I hadn't checked it in like 45 minutes. And I've got six texts, six different text chains. I kid you not, Brian, three of the text chains are about Kelly Dodd. Nothing to do... like, hey, did you see this thing about Kelly Dodd? Hey, do you think Kelly Dodd's right. coming back to? I'm like, this is the weird. So I write back to all of them, you know, half drunk in the bathroom. She's sitting 10 feet away from me. Yeah. They're like, Should what I are you talking? Yeah, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, literally. And I send them like my little paparazzi picture of her. So it's just hilarious. I'm like, only in LA, folks. Yes. And anyway, well, that's the, side that, story. But that's the question is, yeah, like, uh, how are we going to deal with all this shit? And like, did anyone know. be like, Cynthia, you shouldn't uh, be doing this. Or does Candy get there and say, I don't want coronavirus. I'm not going and turn around and go home. You know, like how is, and I mean, some of that is what we're living right now. Like those are the yeah. issues of now. And those are the issues. Like I went yesterday to, um, there's a thing here in London called Broadway Market and it's like two blocks and it's like a little street with lots of little shops and restaurants on it and they close it down on Saturdays and there's little stalls with like food and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was very crowded yesterday and nobody was wearing masks, but you know, it is outside. So I met a friend and he's like, oh, I'm not comfortable with like yeah. you know, going in there, you know, so we had to make alternative plans and so on and so forth. And so that's what, the things that we're dealing with now. Yeah. And so I get it. It's like, it has to be about real life, but also are the housewives the best way to get us real life? I mean, Shannon Storms Bedore once got an enema stuck in her butthole and like, (laughs) we're going to have to listen to her tell us about coronavirus. Like that seems insane to me. (laughs) It's a fair point. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't David have to help her extract it too? Possibly. Or maybe she called Dr. Moon. Well, and that's the other thing. Dr. Moon. (laughs) We know that Shannon has like weird views on medicine anyway. And now she's, she's gonna. Yeah. So I'm, you know, it's interesting with OC because I really have been souring on it, you know, as most people have the last few years, but you know, like you said, we're all stuck inside or most of us are not the ones going to Cynthia Bailey's wedding. And, you know, we don't have a lot to entertain us. And it's like, you know, I say in my intro, like I've been watching documentaries about, you know, husbands killing their whole family. I mean, this is not (laughs) exactly happy times. So we look forward to these shows. And, you know, I feel like we're going to have to watch OC whether we like it or not. I'm not excited about it. I'm dreading it. I'm not either. I mean, I get paid to watch OC. Right. Good point. (laughs) Wait, have you seen the premiere yet? Um, I was sent it and then I've been a friend of mine who like one of housewives isn't really big here. And so I have uh, one friend who's really into housewives here. And so, um, I'm waiting for him to come over so we can kind of watch it together. But also if I'm going to recap it, I don't want to watch it like a month in advance and right. have to watch it again. Like, right. you know, um, and it's my soon, husband doesn't though. watch OC. Yeah, it is. It's in like I feel a like couple it's- weeks. No, I feel like it might be this coming week. Am I crazy? Maybe not. Oh, girl, I better check. <laughs> no, you might be right. It might be the end of the month. I don't know. I know we have Salt Lake coming up soon also, which yeah, what do you think of that? What do you? I mean, I am amazed that the most diverse Housewives <laughs> right. cast is <laughs> yeah. fucking Salt Lake City, like Mitt Romneyville. Right. Um, they really got us with that one. Bravo, bravo. 
Yeah, good job. And and so and that is like what I want to see going forward is like an interesting, unexpected cast diversity, mm-hmm. you know, and and then like let, let them do the stupid shit that we <laughs> love our housewives to do, you know? Right. Like, Don't stop doing that. I, yeah, like don't reinvent the wheel, but also <laughs> like maybe you I mean, you got rid of Stasi and Kristen. You know, and that's my other thing is like there was a quote unquote reckoning, but how far is this reckoning going to go? Like you got rid of Stassi and Kristen, but you're keeping Ramona Singer and Kelly Dodd and, right. you know, and everybody in Dallas and et cetera, et cetera. So. It, well, it, no, I, didn't they fire? They did fire Leanne though, right? They did fire Leanne, but <laughs> like. That was a bridge too far. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. So. No, you're right. Uh, and I think it is arbitrary and it's like the, you know, Sometimes it might be knee jerk. Other times it might be more calculated. It's hard to, it's hard to say, but I, and I do think, look, I know for a fact that those conversations are going on at all the networks, but especially E and Bravo where it's like, do we really want to see, you know, I think that, that execs even are very split on like, well, this is real life. This is what's going on. We should be showing it because that's what these shows are supposed to be. And then the other half, that's just like, no, these shows are supposed to be a version of reality. That's supposed to be escapist. So I think it's a real thing that is is being worked out in real time. And that's literally what we're seeing. It looks like the first half of OC was filmed or maybe like the first quarter was filmed before the lockdown. Do you have any I idea? I also think it's a shortened season from what I understand. Probably. Because probably. like they probably got to lockdown and we're like, okay, yeah, sorry guys, this is over. So I think it's like normal, normal, normal. And then it's going to kind of hit a wall and, you know, I do think that there is a is a way in between with like COVID stuff where and and I think we saw it in the promo for Southern Charm, which isn't Real Housewives, but I mean, close enough. And it's like mm-hmm. Shep's inside and Danny's outside. And so they're like six feet apart, but they're talking about Catherine. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, I'm happy right. with that. Like, I don't need you to be like out at a fancy restaurant or right. inside or doing whatever. I just, you know want you to be doing what is normal and not like sitting around talking about coronavirus. Well, speaking of which, did you see Potomac either last week or the week before? Did you notice that they had an inserted scene that was clearly filmed in the pandemic between a talk between Giselle and Ashley, where they were sitting outside, like separated by a sidewalk no, and that I was did not. Yes. So are you you're watching Potomac, right? Yes, I am. Yes. So but I didn't it was, notice that. Yeah. So it was super weird. The scene was weird anyway, because it was sort of like they were trying to give us the context for what was going to happen with the scene and with the fight in the barn where they're just like it was all about like, um, yeah, Mon- the word on the street is Monique's, you know, stepping out with her trainer. And right. it was kind of like weird because it's just like out of step with everything else that we're seeing. Um in the sequence in the show, but also weird because I was like, wait, why are they sitting so far apart? This is strange. And then I realized, oh, they probably thought they need to clarify why Monique got so pissed off, you know, coming yes. up. So, yeah, which is also super confusing in the timeline when you start to rabbit hole and the whole thing. So I was just like, forget it. I can't. My head's exploding. But to your point, I didn't <laughs> mind that much seeing that chat. And it, and it did take me. A I didn't realize it right away either. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Well, and that was, it was so weird watching. I remember watching the premiere of Beverly Hills sort of at the beginning of lockdown. And it's, I think 
they're in New York and Erica meets Garcelle for the first time. And she's like, oh, I'm a hugger and goes in for a hug. And I like win. I know. You, know, you can't watch like, anything the point, same. I know. Yeah. Where you're like, oh my God, like don't touch people. Um, That's how so, I watch everything now. I cannot watch any, even scripted. I was like, oh, oh, oh go away. Go, don't kiss. Don't do that. It's so funny. Yeah, we always say like, oh, I've seen it to your future. Like when they're like, oh, we're going to, this is what's going to happen. It's like, no. no. It, I know. Oh. And Dorinda's like, 2020 is going to be my year. I can't do Dorinda. Yeah. But. No. <laughs> no, it's, was it's not. Uh, it's not going to be your year for no. multiple reasons. So no, exactly. <laughs> Listen, it's no one's year, let alone Dorinda's year. Okay. Yeah. So um, we, during the ahead. pandemic, we have been watching the Housewives as it's been going on. And like, I always say like, when a new Bravo show starts, like I can't watch every show on Bravo. I'm not watching this one. And so and far do. I had, and then I eventually do, but <laughs> so far I had not watched any below deck and me neither. And, but we started in the pandemic and for some reason started like with the most recent season and have been working our way backwards, like through all the below decks. And that's really been like great pandemic watching. I did. Like, yeah, I did that with Summer House per your recommendation. And it was so, so much good. fun at the beginning. It really was a great escape. And I feel like they they I heard you probably heard, too. They filmed Summer House this summer yes. because that's actually a really easy show to do COVID proof because you got a small amount of people. You get them all tested, you quarantine them and then you pull them up in a house and they just yeah, don't go and- out. And that's what they're doing. And they're all working from home. And I think it's going to be a really cool, interesting kind yeah. of thing where it's it's kind of going to mimic a lot of what all of us were going through yeah. in lockdown with our spouses and friends and roommates where all of a sudden you're together all the time and everything's annoying you and whatever. Can you imagine being quarantined with Carl and Lindsay? <laughs> oh, my God. And, and imagine like. Is that her name, Lindsay? Lindsay is her yeah. name, but imagine like if Lindsay is either like super pro mask or super anti mask and trying to have a conversation with her about that. Oh my. Like, I feel like she'll be pro. I have a good feeling about her. I feel like she would be pro too, but I also feel like she would be like, you talked to that person for two whole minutes at the oh, store and now you d- need to do whatever. Yeah. 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 I, and oh I God, think- these are going to be epic fights. You're so right. Oh, and I'm really excited for, I love Summer House as it is. Me too. It's so great. I'm, and I'm interested to see, I think it's it's going to be really cool to see how something like that works. I agree. I, I totally. I, and I always am amazed by Summer House because A, it's so not a show I would think I would like at my age. And then B, yeah. like, I could not tell you what's good about it, but it's just awesome. Like, I, it, yes. I, what is it that's actually good? I know we talked about this before, but I still can't pinpoint it. I feel like <laughs> any good reality show is really a feat of casting. And so I think yeah. it's like okay. a bunch of people that you love and you also hate and they're attractive. <laughs> Very attractive. They're in like great but stupid fights. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that there's like a lot of real emotion there. And for me, you know, I had a group, summer house every year in fire island for like 10 right, years right right i very much like know what that yes. experience is like the shenanigans so, there's so many shenanigans oh my god so many shenanigans <laughs> so many shenanigans oh well, and that's the other thing about summer house is half the time there's no even crew there they're just using like the surveillance cameras i know and that's enough like right. i don't yeah. 
That is part of the part of it is true. It's the grittiness of just like they don't give. It, it reminds me of like, do you remember like in the late 90s, early aughts when like um, those what were they called? Not sex cams, but like people that were just like filming themselves all day long. Yes. It was all the rage. Uh, like live cams. Yeah, live yes. cams. It's like that. Like they it's like performative, but they also sort of forgetting the cameras are there and they just don't give a shit. Like they're fucking in the closets. They're just taking off their shirts left and right. They just don't care. Exactly. Getting their underwear, getting up with boners in the morning. I mean, I'm here for having all sex. Of <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretending like they're not. I mean, right. <laughs> Okay, so back to the uh, pandemic slash housewives. I wonder for you, like, just because early on, you know, a bunch that the franchises were delayed and we had to kind of wait and then they had to catch up to themselves with the testimonials. I remember, I think it was New York. Yeah, it was New York that we saw the Zoom testimonials first. And I remember, I think you even talked about this in your recap. It's like how shocking Shockingly oh God, bad yes. they were. Like the yes. first round between oh God, Luann's so audio, Dorinda's background, like it was a disaster. And then of course Beverly Hills came in. I knew they would do a better job, which they did. Yes. Well, but, and also they have more, I think, room in their houses. Right. Literal room. You know? Yeah. Which made it but yeah, because remember like Ramona's kitchen and how it looked <laughs> they like changed, she was they ended up changing screen? it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my and God, then, and so- how Avery came in and interrupted the testimonial. Do you remember that? She was like, yeah. you're still talking about Elise? What are you doing? I mean, I thought that kind of stuff was fun, but oh my God, it was so, and it was so was jarring the best part. to go from your usual housewives to then like, whoa. Totally. To like echo chamber of audio. Yeah. And, and then all of Leah's crazy looks and her tiny little place. Like it was, took a yes. lot of like, we, I'm proud of us for how much we really had to adjust to things. I know, but they did get much better at it. And I think it was just so jarring at first because it was like at that time when it was still early, you just (laughs) wanted anything from the before times as like comfort. And then it was like, oh, no, we can't even have housewives anymore. But then they got to the level where it's pretty good. And I was really impressed with all of the Zoom reunions that they did. I want to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk about um, me too. I mean- I I want to talk about the difference because you talked about this a little bit in your article too. Let's just take Beverly Hills in New York. So Beverly Hills, I thought was looked gorgeous, like did mm-hmm. not feel like we lowered our quality at all. Nope. I actually thought the reunion was great and thought it may have been better than if they had actually been in person. Just seeing Denise scrolling on her phone while they were playing her package alone was amazing because- <laughs> You know, normally yes. they're forced to put their phones away in real reunions. So that was amazing. She was hilarious. Um, but then New York, I don't know. I just felt like we would have gotten a better reunion maybe if they had been on Zoom. I, I don't know. I'm glad that they did it in person. Like, I feel like there is something about being in person that you can't just mimic on a zoom, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all everybody who's been doing zoom meetings forever <laughs> attests to. Um, but yeah, my favorite part and, you know, this plays into our most recent, uh, presidential debate is when (laughs) on Atlanta, Andy was like, mute, mute. It's like, like, I wish you could do that in real life. Like, especially on Atlanta where they all just start like, well, they do it on every show. What, who am I talking about? When they all just start yelling, it's like, no, I'm, I'm trying to like focus and hear one thing. 
Um, but I thought New York, I thought New York was pretty good. I thought it was weird how Tinsley was in the first half and then she just like disappeared and they didn't mention like, bye Tinsley, see you later. They just like cut her out of the third part of the reunion. Oh, we thought they did do a goodbye Tinsley. Oh, maybe they did. And I just don't remember it, but yeah. Well, that kind of mimics the season. She was in the first half and then she went yeah, bye. bye. And then like, we love her, but then we don't miss her at all. It's kind of funny. No, no, but I feel that way about like most, I feel that way about Bethany. Like I loved her, but I didn't really miss her. You know, it's funny. Bethany is one of those, like, you know how you don't see a friend for a while and you don't miss them. And then when you see them, you realize how much you miss them. That's how that I feel be with true. Beth. Yeah, that's how I am with Bethany. I don't think about her. And then as soon as they do a flashback that involves her, I get a pang like, oh, I forgot how much I love you and how much I miss you. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> She's such yeah. a damn good housewife. I'm sorry. Oh, I hope my she God. Comes back. Yeah, one of the all time best. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But yeah, but I, I was afraid it was going to lack without her, but I think we're good. Yeah. So last thing I want to talk about, um, which you, again, you, you talk about in your article is the Black Lives Matter movement and kind of how the, how the franchises on and off camera are dealing with it mostly off because again, we're not yeah. so caught up yet. And, um, I thought, yeah, Portia's activism. So being so vocal, incredible, right? Yes. Yeah. And like my parents ne- don't know anything about the husband. They know that <laughs> right. I like do it for a living, but other than yeah. that, they don't know anything. And my dad was like, oh, I was reading about this housewife in the New York Times and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And when then, the Times covers it, the parents are like, oh, so yeah, Howard Stern's popular, huh? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's really great. And, and I'm glad that they're addressing it. But I think, you know, we need to see the sort of, let's call them other <laughs> franchises right. start to address this too. But I even think it's interesting this season on Potomac, yeah. how they're having a discussion about like, you know, fighting and getting violent and how that affects and how they want to be seen and things like that. And, and so it's not a direct discussion about black lives matter, but it's adjacent to all of the things that are in the zeitgeist. And I'm really interested in that. And I Uh see some other black lives matter stuff. I mean, Garcelle's been at the, um, marches with her kids and and i hope that we we see some of that in the next few seasons like the housewives are always going to a charity and whatever so i hope that we we get to have some of those discussions um and that you know i i know that there are a lot of red state housewives fans out there and so hopefully some of you know if Portia telling you about Breonna Taylor is going to get you to change your mind to become an anti-racist. Like, great. I, whatever it takes, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. It is interesting in the sense that it is starting to highlight so much more how women like Ramona are out of touch. Like we, like, you know, yes. like we knew it before, but you're right. Now it feels we're all kind of woken up, you know, in a new yeah. way. So it's like the things that we thought were hilarious and entertaining before, even though they were highly misguided and, you know, delusional right. are now just like icky. Yeah. Like you could just be like, Oh, that's Ramona. Right. But now it's like, mm. well, well, that's a good question then. Like, do you think someone like Ramona and Kelly should be canceled and fired? I mean, I think it's like a really fine line, right? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know that they should necessarily be canceled or fired, but there needs to be somebody within the cast 
who can say like, dude, we don't do like, what was it? Two seasons ago, Luann was doing literal blackface. <laughs> literal blackface. She's like, no, honey, it was just bronzer. <laughs> yeah. And like Carol was like, uh, that's but but didn't like say anything to her face. Whereas I think someone like Leah would be like, oh. no, that's not cool. We don't talk about people like that. Yeah. We don't behave like yeah, that. Yeah, you're so, so right. I think, I think as long as there's someone to hold them accountable or or some way for them to like have a discussion about it. But I think that so many of the casts are so homogenous that no one would challenge Kelly on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because like, I think Bronwyn, yeah, I'm getting the sense Bronwyn might be the lonely voice. She's pretty progressive, but she's kind of a tough pill to swallow too. In other ways, just didn't, she's just grading a little bit. (laughs) And she's also kind of a little bit, I don't know if weak is the right word, but non-confrontational, like no one's really going to listen to her. Where I think as, she's changed this season, so we'll see. That's the word. Word on the street is. Okay. Ron has changed. And then what, have ready. you heard anything about Ebony? I think that's her name, the new New York cast mate. No, just like that was in the announcement. I haven't heard. I had heard from several people that they were trying to find someone of color to cast. And we're having a very difficult time because a lot of people weren't interested in doing it on the Real Housewives. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for her. I mean, she's pretty, and and I'm also excited that there's someone in Leah's age cohort as well because yeah. it did seem a little bit like Leah and her old aunties um, once <laughs> Tinsley right. left the season. Right. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how this all works. And then do you think Leah is going to go off the rails season two? Like she obviously went off the rails in, you know, funny, drunken ways. But now that she's sober, like, do you think that the housewives, the fame of it all is going to get to her and she'll have a disastrous season two? I don't know that she'll have a disastrous season two, but I think that the fame and the attention changes everybody. And I think that we saw that with Dorinda, like she bought a little bit too much into her like clip, clip, clip self. And, and it, um, I think for the worst. Yeah. um, Do you want to see Dorinda come back? I am ideologically opposed (laughs) to comebacks. Oh, interesting. When you're gone, you're gone. When you're gone, you're gone. And I think that a lot of times fans say like, bring back Ramona, bring back this person because they don't, they can't find all the great people out in the world. But it's like, you know, all the people being like, oh, bring back Jill Zarin didn't know that there was a Dorinda out there. You know what I mean? Or didn't know that there's <laughs> a Leah funny. out there. And then they find these people who you're like, how do we ever live without you? Right. And, and we didn't even know that they exist. And so, That's yeah. True. So I'm not like, oh, bring back so-and-so, bring back so-and-so. It's like, yeah, there are people who I'd love to see again, but also there are millions of people that I haven't even seen yet that might be even better. So. That's so true. But also I feel like that has to do with just like human behavior. Just like we want that comfort of something we know already, because it's true. Like we are always so skeptical of a first season housewife, you know, like Leah is one of the rare, she's one of the rare ones that everyone's like, Oh my God, she's so good. What the hell? Like it was, it was jarring. Cause you're just like, how can someone be this good out of the gate? But generally we're like, you know, kind of like, we'll see. Like Sutton. 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 Oh my God. I don't know what I'm sort of with you on Sutton. Like I don't really dig her, but like, but I also am willing to give her another season because I was so confused by her first season. 
I feel like she will have a good second season now that she can relax a little. And yeah. now that she knows what's going on, I think she might be a good addition. But as to comebacks, I love like an Eileen Davidson. You know oh, what I mean? God, it's like, I love her so much. Like you have a party and Eileen's there and we get to see Eileen and she talks a little bit. Or it's like you're having drama with the women. And so you go out to lunch with Eileen and you talk about it because Eileen right. has okay. been there and knows it. And I, so I, and I like love to see, it was like Emily went out to lunch with Alexis Bellino. Like that was crazy. You know, it's crazy, but I'm like into that. Like, I don't, I don't think you should be banned from the universe forever, right. but I don't, you should like, they brought back Lydia, like. Brian, I don't know if you see me on Twitter. There are a few things that work me up. The president, quote unquote, and Lydia are like probably my two biggest <laughs> triggers. I am not even overstating how much I loathe Lydia. Like I don't, just like I can't describe what I love about Summer House. I can't really put my finger on what I despise about Lydia, but I despise her. I mean, most hated housewife. Like I cannot think of a housewife that I despise more than Lydia. I don't hate any of them. You know, I may not care for some of them, but I just seeing her makes every hair on my body stand up. Do you not feel this way? I don't feel that way. I always felt like she was like kind of fine. Oh, don't leave me alone on this island. (laughs) But I feel like that's what's so great about the housewives is that for every single housewife, there are people that love them and there are people that hate them. And like, I mean. Who is your, who don't you like? I hate (laughs) Teresa Giudice. (laughs) She is a literal idiot and an actual criminal. And she's on television. Like you hate her. Like you don't enjoy, like you don't hate to love her. Like you want her off your screen. I loathe her. I want her (laughs) off the screen. And now she's like entitled, but she like also won't like fight. And and I'm just like, Oh, get bitches. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. uh, I think she's my most hated. Okay. So for most loved, I've proclaimed now, several times that my new most favorite housewife is La Grande Dame, Karen Huger. Interesting. Interesting. Are you with me? I am with you. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Karen Huger, but I will say that I fall on the Giselle side of the Giselle. Really? Really? I'm a big Giselle fan. I'm a huge <laughs> Robin Dixon fan. I am I, too. We're in the minority, I think. Really? Well, I don't think people, I think people are like, why is Robin there? She's so boring. And I'm like, I don't, I love, first of all, hottest house husband in the franchise. A hundred percent. So like, ju- even if Robin was terrible, which she's not, just keep her on for Juan. Woo. Um, well, and then Robin says, I love Robin you know, to Monique, like, you almost had me for a second. Yeah. And like, That's why Robin's there. I like, know. Exactly. And her looks through the whole thing. were just like, girl, please. Uh, yeah. And she almost had me for a second too. Cause Robin is us. I was like, yes, I was taken in by Monique for a minute too. But Giselle bringing her bodyguard. That was amazing. Right. <laughs> I mean, she's classic. Was, she is classic. It was so awful, but also such a good housewives move. Exactly. Like, no, she yeah, knows how like, to be a great that? housewife. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh but my who's God. your okay. yeah? Who, I can't. Had, when yeah, go ahead. She was like Jamal and I have a uh, reputation to uh, That's so, where okay. she lost literally everybody. Like, there's yeah. not a single person on this planet who's like, "That's true, Giselle. You're right." Yeah. I mean, 
I can't. So who would yeah. you say if you had to say declare your favorite right now, who would it be? Oh, my favorite always. Well, my favorite housewife, because I have a personal relationship with her, is Erica Jane, obviously. Obviously. Um, but the housewife I like to watch the most forever and always is Sonia Tremont Morgan. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, she has an awesome her. season. I can just watch her do anything. But how is she so good at all her one liner? Like she does not prepare her material. Like when she in the Hamptons early in the season is like, I'm single, but I'm seeing double. Like that is an incredible line. (laughs) Yeah. She's just like, oh my God, she's so full of them. Even when she's so full of it, when she's like, I didn't marry the bank, I married the bank. And I'm like, that is so rehearsed and so awful. And also I still love you. She... She's up there. She's she, yeah, she she's up there. I have talked to a bunch of producers like yeah. while working on my book, and several have told me the only Real Housewife who can film a scene on her own is Sonia Morgan. Like, like with absolutely zero with, coaching. Yeah. Well, wow, no, and just with like no one else. She just like oh, put a oh, talking on herself. in her bedroom, <laughs> and she'll just like give you a scene. <laughs> It's so true. She really is an incredible. I think she's underrated in the sense that like, you're right. She might be the best housewife. Damn. Amy Phillips declared Luann was her current favorite. But listen, I have a history with Lou. She's obviously an excellent housewife. But to me, she's up there too. She's probably top five, but she's not as hilarious. You have to be like, that's why I love Karen because she's hilarious too. She gives it all. Karen is hilarious. Know who else I love is I I I have a huge spot in my heart for Candy Burris. Yeah. And Can I you? also love Marlo Hampton. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so nice fun. one. Yeah. Oh my God. I she cracks me yeah. up. Yeah, that's, that's the thing is I want a funny housewife. Funny, exactly. And that's yeah. why I think Bethany was so great too, because she could be really funny too. And it's yeah. true. So last but not least, what is the juiciest tidbit you can tell us that you've discovered from your research in the Real Housewives Institute in preparation for writing your book? Oh, well, I I will tell you that um, this is not a tidbit, but I have been doing a lot of research into exactly how the trips work and talking to the hotels where the women have been and stuff like that. And I will say, I have heard that apparently the women, before they go to these resorts, have to sign a code of conduct <laughs> on how they will behave themselves at these um, various and assorted resorts, which I thought was absolutely which hilarious. Which they always break anyway. But okay, yeah. so how does it work though? Can you tell us? Like, is well, it all paid? I know I've interviewed production company uh, executives who produce Housewives and they that's the thing they want me to stay away from. They don't want to talk about it because I think- They've said it's because it's too complicated how it works. Yeah. And there's like whole contracts and stuff like that. And, you know, there's definitely money changing hands. But like, I think that there's a lot of concessions on both sides um, from that. But yeah, I've been talking to like businesses that have been on the housewives and how that impacts their business and and good or bad. And um, I talked to someone from Giovanni the other day about, you know, how, being on the housewives has hurt or hindered their business. So I, it, I, that to me personally, I find all that stuff like really interesting about like all the kind of business side of it. And, um, and I gotta so think with- Giovanni's been helped. I mean, come on. Yeah. But also I think that for anybody, they've definitely been helped, but then it's like, 
but then do they become like the housewives brand? And then in the long run, does oh, that interesting, you? you know? And so I think that there's always trade-offs, but they told me based on the, so after the Giovanni, Giovanni, you know, yelling at the cabaret art uh, <laughs> episode aired, the, the increase to traffic in there on their website they figured how much they would have had to spend in advertising to get that many people on their um, website. And they said it was probably between two and two and a half million in free advertising, like just from being mentioned on the show and becoming like a catchphrase as it were. So they should be sending Dorinda free dresses once a month. I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Yeah, Look what she's it, done for that. And Luann, or both. And, but. and Luann. I mean, Luann made a damn song about it. Yeah, exactly. So, which apparently they love at Giovanni, so. Oh, that's so great. Oh, I cannot wait. When is this book coming out? Uh, fall 2021. We'll be waiting. Hopefully. I know. I mean, so that's like, going to, it's going to be huge. It. it is going to be so, you realize this. This is your life's I work. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I've been working on it for like two years now. It's literally so your life. Like, yeah, ready for it to be like done and to bed, but almost there. Yeah, so the last chapter I have to write is about all this like business stuff because um, I, I had left left it to the end because I knew I had to call a lot of restaurants and hotels and businesses and stuff like that. And I, so I was kind of leaving it, leaving it, leaving it. And then like COVID hit and then no one's picking up at restaurants. No one's picking up at hotels. So I had to, you know, kind of wait a bit for life to get back to normal so I could do some more reporting. So. Did you call that restaurant in the OC where Shannon threw the plate? What's that called again? The lazy woman, woman. the quiet woman, the lazy woman. I have been like, we've been trying to like work it out, but I did talk to um, Rails Steakhouse. Oh, hello. that they always go to Thursday. Yeah. That's, that's classic. um, Yeah. And what about boutique? That's another state. Closed. Closed. Closed from the pandemic. Uh, Well, it it closed before that. Wow. And reopened, I think like right before the pandemic and then like closed again. So sad. I mean, another casualty. That's horrible. I couldn't get anyone at the Regency to uh, call me back, sadly. (laughs) You should just go there. You'll meet Tom. He'll be there. Oh, my God. Last time I went there, (laughs) I went, like, with a friend on kind of a lark, and Ben and Ronnie from Watcher Crappens were there. Stop it. They were doing their live show, and I was like, oh, my God. You know? That's amazing. Yeah, it was total, like, Real Housewives fan meetup. I love it. Yeah. So finally, Brian, for all of those misguided people who still don't follow you, where can they find you and where can they read your recaps? Um, you can read my recaps at vulture.com and I'll be doing Real Housewives of Orange County whenever that returns, which Woo-woo. we have yet. Yeah. <laughs> we Some, it's out. in the next few weeks. Yeah. And then um, I'm doing that and then I'm doing Southern Charm when Southern Charm comes back. Okay. And then, um, yeah. You can find me on all the social medias at Brian J. Moylan. Brian, you are a light, a shining light amidst the darkness. Thank you for all you do. Talk to you as always. And I'm coming back when the book is out. So save me a spot. Oh, you got it, baby, that you're going to be headlining. (laughs) You're going to be live at the Regency with that shit. I mean, I can't (laughs) wait. Hopefully, if the Regency is ever reopened. (laughs) So sad. All right. Well, take care. Stay safe. Stay sane. You too. Bye. Bye. 